to be honest, sometimes when I look back now that I'm, you know, stopped playing and coaching, and when I look back that last stretch from 35 to 39, almost 40 that I played, it makes no sense to me because, again, I was on my mind, I was, you know, playing one of the last season uh, and then have played four years in the NBA in rotation, playing like 15, 16, 17 minutes, like every year. That's, 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 I can't understand. That was Pablo Prigioni. I'm your host, Marnie Gellner, and this is Wolves Plus. I'm on the hustle for the glory, on the grind for the crown, not to hustle if you want to, if you do, you're going down. Oh! Great catch, great finish. Towns to go bam. Come on now. That's playing with flow. Towns for three! It is Carl Anthony Towns for court. It certainly is. Edwards, spinning and finishing! Pablo, you are from the town of, help me if I'm saying this right, uh, Rio, help me if I'm saying this right. Jeez, come on, are you ready or not? I'm ready. Okay, Let's do here it. we go. I was ready to help you. <laughs> I was ready to help you there. I'm gonna need it. Okay. <laughs> Pablo, you grew up in Argentina. Your hometown is Rio Tercero? Yes. Am I saying that right? That's correct. Rio Tercero. Population's about 45,000, 50,000. Yeah. What was life like in Rio Tercero, Argentina? Well, like, uh, like I always say, like, uh, it's kind of a small town here in Minnesota. Like, you know, it's super similar, like a lot of farm. Uh, actually, all around my, my, my small town is just farmers, you know, really? farmers, farmers. Uh, so once I, I get here and I start to discover all the... Uh, the area, I, I really feel like home because it's exactly not that cold, okay? Not that cold. <laughs> not that cold, yeah. But uh, it's pretty similar, super flat and a lot of farmers. So, um, and you know, just small town, uh, just going to school, going to the club, small club uh, where it's a multi-sport. Uh, so my dad is, my, 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 my dad, my mom just dropped me there after school. Mm -hmm. So I was doing basketball since I remember, so probably four or five years old. Uh, just stay, spend the, the whole day there, and they pick me up after like probably 7 p.m. Go back home. That was the the day. That was the yeah. life. It it is Argentina is a pretty big basketball country. Though we're talking about uh, Luis Scola, Carlos Delfino, Manu Ginobili, but I imagine soccer, football, soccer is also very big there. What what is the the uh, when kids are growing up? Are they basketball or soccer? I would say like soccer by far is the number one sport, sport you know. Then, you know, like uh, especially our generation, like you, you just name it, like, you know, uh, Manu, Luis, Carlos, myself, like all, all, all of us that, you know, make it all the way to the NBA uh, kind of really have some impact on the, on the country, you know. Like mm -hmm. we put like kind of basketball really on the, probably the second sport in the country. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely soccer is number one. Actually, all of us were playing soccer. Uh, you know, we were grow up playing basketball, but probably playing soccer in the school or in the neighborhood, sure. you know? So you so, played too. Yeah, 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 definitely. I was playing like a, like really like going to basketball class and practice uh, the, every day 
but after that you know or weekends just play with playing soccer with my friend on the street okay. you know or on the plaza on the you know on the park so what drew you to basketball over soccer uh, i don't know i think uh you know just being in the in that club the we were we we have the team in the second division in argentina mm -hmm. and i think it's just watching the the team play in the second division like at some point in my life like 13 14 say like i just love basketball you know i i i got soccer i can play soccer with my friends uh, in the weekends or or some of my day off but that this is what i love and and i don't know i felt that i i was playing well and and you know like uh, i think probably with 14 15 i say hey i just want to be a professional basketball player wow you know i just want to play in the first division in argentina that was my goal first uh, then i crossed some some borders and yeah and took and me all the way yes here. you did yes you did <laughs> and we'll get there you were obviously good enough you said you wanted to play professionally you did you started playing professionally in 1995 at 18 years old and yeah. played for three different teams in four years in argentina yeah. so that's where it begins then your professional career yeah yeah definitely because by the time i i get to 16 17 um we didn't have the team anymore in in my town in my club so i have to search for mm -hmm. you know i want to play uh, uh either either second division or first division in argentina so i have to move from my small town like six seven hours away uh in a team that play in second division we won the second division then i play there one year then i moved to a kind of bigger team in buenos aires played really well that year and then i um, scouts from spain just was um, you know chasing me and then mm -hmm. I, I finally moved to spain so that's a bigger opportunity, right? I would assume when you then took your career from Argentina to Spain. Exactly. And, and it was funny because my last two years in Argentina, I was, um, I have a, um, a roommate. Um, actually, his mom was living in Italy and he like kind of alerted me like, hey, you with your last name, Italian last name, you should be able to get Italian passport. And with Italian passport, you will be able to play in Europe, in any country in Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I remember I talked to my dad and said, hey, can we see if there's any chance we get the, the you know, the other passport, Italian passport. So we went through a, um, a process where we have to send, because in that time we have to send letters to Italy, to the small uh, town where his grandpa, my dad's grandpa, born, so, we, okay. you know, some paperwork that you have to collect. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There's some paperwork. So uh, it took like two years, that process, until I get the passport. And that was a perfect timing by the by, when Spanish team want me to go. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was, everything worked really perfect. Yeah. Falls into and place. Yeah. And then I, uh, so I moved from my dream to play in the first division in Argentina to play overseas. Yeah. You got to start dreaming bigger now. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was in 1999 when you moved from Argentina to Spain. Yeah. 1999 was also the year you declared for the NBA draft, ultimately did not get selected. Was that a huge disappointment for you or something you more expected? To be honest, in that time, my only thought was, I just want to play overseas. Like the NBA, I just watch, but I never thought about playing in the NBA. I don't even thought about like check the draft or like you know you didn't nothing. even check no nothing at all you were in it yeah but i didn't i have no idea to be honest it's like on my mind there's no chance 
for me to play okay. to to, okay. to be in the draft. So I was just super focused on go to um, go to the go to Europe, you know. And actually, it wasn't easy the first two years in in, in uh, Europe. You know, I have to initially I play in the first division, then I went down to the second division because I didn't mm. play much. And then I won the second division, and then I come back, and then I play really well, and then I start moving up. Okay, well that must have been some of your time with Basconia. Yes. Basconia, the team in Spain that you played for from 03 to 09 and won three Spanish Kings Cup titles, four Spanish Super Cup titles, and a Spanish League Championship. How significant of a resume, how big are those accomplishments in that league? I mean, that was huge. That was huge uh, and actually my prime, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Once I get to that club, that's one of the big clubs in Spain, uh, we just start to play finals. Like every year, like my game explodes, you know. I felt like, uh, you know, I was one of the best pointer. I, actually, I got the, that title. I won the best pointer in the league uh, multiple times. Uh, number one in assists, steals. Like we won championships, all different championships, King Cup, Super Cup, the league. Uh, we went to four Final Fours in EuroLeague. Uh, so it was an amazing, amazing uh, journey with uh, Basconia. That's, this is my team. Uh, this is the team that I, this is in my heart. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, uh, my kids born there in that city. Uh, so we have a huge connection with the city, with, sure. with all the people in, in that town. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was my dream to play in that team because um, when I was playing in smaller team in Spain, I have uh, Luis Cola playing in that team. There's uh, another Argentinian guy is playing there. So in my dream was I want to play with them in that team. And once I get there, I become one of the most important players in, yeah. in the team history. So that was your dream, and there you are playing. Yeah. Yet, once again, you got to dream a little bit bigger because yeah. that's not the end for you. I just found it amazing that your overseas career was 17 years. This is pre-NBA. Yeah. 17 years of overseas, 1995 to 2012. And you haven't even gotten to the NBA yet. That's no. still to come. Yeah, it's That's a come. career even in itself. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking I would retire there, you know? Really? Uh, yeah. So uh, I reject few options to come a little bit earlier. It was for the minimum. I was under contract there. I don't even consider. Like, I, I always felt like, ah, the NBA, you know, it's too physical, like, too... I don't know if I can play there. Like, I don't want to go there and sit in the bench. I, mm. I'm a competitor. I need to be on the floor, you know? So um, by, by the end of the 2012 season, I was playing playoff. And I was on my way back, to, uh, back home after a playoff game. And I get a call from Luis Cola. And he say, hey, um, our agent in the U.S., because we shared the same agent, mm -hmm. he say, um, New York want to call you. And New York yeah, Knicks. New York Knicks. And so they want to know if you are interested to come, you know, or at least to, to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked, to be honest. And I'm saying, Luis, I'm 35 years old. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, but you got to tell me if you are interested or not. I that's just say something. I say, okay, tell them yes. But now I'm in the middle of the playoff. I don't want to talk to them until I'm finished, mm -hmm. you know. So then when, I, when we finish, the next day they call me. The <laughs> next day? The next day. And they say, well, like they want, um, they want, the Knicks wants you to come for two or three days. They just want to talk to you. They come to yeah. New York. Yeah. So I'm saying, 
I don't know. I, okay, let's go, you know? So, uh, but on my mind, there, there's no chance, you know? I felt, I, I was playing really well. I will yes. say that. I was playing really well. One of my best seasons with 34, 35 years old. Um, so then in, they invite me. I spent three days with my wife in New York. You know, they I, a little workout. They want to see my body, how, how I look. And then we have a couple of dinners with, with Coach Mike Woodson and the GM. And at some point, they, they start telling me that they want me there, you know? Wow. And I say, and they start to sell, like, this, the, you know, the team, the city, like, it's New York. Mm -hmm. and, and then I stop them and I say, hey, I'm 35 years old. This is not my dream to play in the NBA. You know, that's number two things. I don't care the city. Like, I, I don't care the city. You got to tell me if I will be on the court, if I will play. You didn't care about any of that. Anything. You wanted to know. And I don't care the well, money. I say, I don't care the money. I don't care the city. You tell me if I can help you on the court. I'm not going to leave my, my, you know, my situation there to come here and sit at the bench. Of course, I'm not saying I want to play certain minutes. Like, yes, no. just play. I just want to be on the court. Uh, no, so they say, no, 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 yes, we, you know, we need you. Like Jason Kidd was... Uh, yes, one of the yeah. mm -hmm. one of the point guard and Jason was 40 and then Raymond Felton was the starting point guard so they say you know for sure you're going to play I said okay that's that's all I need to know <laughs> that was it and then I went back and then like a month and a half later they offered me you know uh, and, yeah. and the rest of the story is, is there I, well the rest of the story is actually history because you know that you are the oldest rookie in NBA history, you made your debut with the Knicks November 2nd, 2012, at age 35, and still are the oldest rookie in the history of the NBA. And you had said, you told them, I'm 35. Like, you were very well aware. <laughs> yeah, of course. But still, that's that's a cool little yeah. thing that you will have forever. That was impressive. To be honest, sometimes when I look back now that I'm, you know, stopped playing and coaching, and when I look back that last stretch from 35 to 39, almost 40 that I play, it makes no sense to me because, again, I was on my mind. I was, you know, playing one of the last season overseas, mm -hmm. like 35, maybe one or two more season, uh, and then have played four years in the NBA in rotation, playing like 15, 16, 17 minutes, like mm -hmm. every year. Yep. That's that's that's. I can't understand because even now it's hard to find 35, 36, 37, 38 years like players that are actually playing yeah. in the rotation every game. So when I look back and say, how that happened? It, it makes no sense. They have to be like superstar that is playing with that age. Like Manu did, you know, in San Antonio, playing yeah. until almost 40, but he was Hall of Fame player, right? So I don't know. I don't know how I did it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a medical marvel. Somehow <laughs> you aged backwards. I don't know. You're, some of your teammates... In New York with the Knicks, you mentioned Jason Kidd, Carmelo Anthony, Marcus Camby, Tyson Chandler, Kenyon Martin, J.R. Yeah. Smith, Amari Stoudemire, Rasheed yeah. Wallace. Yeah, unbelievable. My goodness. Unbelievable. I have that luxury too. That was a luxury to play with all these guys. Actually, our first year, my first year there, we won like 50-plus games. Like, it was a hell of a season, you know? Um, and I think it probably was the last good season for the Knicks so far. Like, um, And it was unbelievable. Yeah. Shared locker room with all these amazing players and then after that I get traded to Houston we went to the conference final uh, mm -hmm. 
crazy. I get there and Pat Bev broke his hand. So I, I ended up playing like 20 minutes. Me and Jason Terry was the point guards, 30, 38 and 38. <laughs> we went to the conference final, uh, beating the Clippers in game seven. Um, like it was an amazing, amazing journey playing with also hell of a player with James Harden, you know, like uh, Dwight, like, a, and then one more last season with the Clippers playing with Chris Paul, mm -hmm. with Blake, like it's, uh, it was unreal for me, to be honest. You know, when you, when you were traded for, uh, from the Knicks to the Rockets in 2015, there were two picks and a player in that trade. Do you know who the player was? <laughs> it was Svet. Alexi Shved. Alexi, who was here. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. think I remember him. I don't remember yeah. nothing. Alexi else. Shved played yeah. with the Timberwolves. Played with the Timberwolves. 2012 yeah. to 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So then after the Rockets, the Clippers, and you had said that in 2015, that's where you signed. Your head coach was Doc Rivers. Yeah. And some of your teammates on that team, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, Jamal Crawford. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you played with some of the best yeah. players of that generation yeah. Yeah. On, as teammates. Yeah. And that was, that, that, that's, that's, you know, I can't find, like, explanation, like, how that happened, you know? Like, uh, my first year when we, I remember we beat uh, Boston in the first round with the, with the Knicks, you know, Doug was the coach, and I played really well. I start for the Knicks the last 18 games yeah. in that season and hurt, in the right? playoff. Mm -hmm. I, I was a starter, you know, mm -hmm. because we went, I remember we went on a, on a road trip. Uh, we had a lot of injuries, and we lost all the games. And the last game was in Utah. We have, like, again, multiple guys out. So coach said, hey, you're going to start. My first start of the season, that was late. And, and then we won. And I played really well. And then he likes it. And they, they kept me in the starting lineup. Uh, and then I remember when, and then when we play with the Rockets, we beat the Clippers. And Doug was Doug, there in the yeah. Clippers. <laughs> and then he signed me the next year. So... It was fun. That was my, yeah. my last year. Uh, okay, t tell me how this happened with the Clippers on Doc Rivers' team. In a game in January, January 13th, 2016, it was the Clippers and Miami Heat at Staples Center. You played 15 minutes in the game, and you were 38 years old, and you had eight steals. And that is still an <laughs> NBA record. The fewest minutes played in a game where a player recorded eight steals. That's you, 15 minutes. That was, At that was, 38. That was insane, yeah. yeah. You know, it was those games that I always was, like, good, you know, on steals. Like, mm -hmm. I won the, the, I was number one in steals, like, multiple times in uh, in overseas, you know. Mm -hmm. So I have a feel to do that. And, and uh, but that game, yes, that was impressive. Like, like I can, I felt like I get steal almost every possession. Mm -hmm. uh, but the funny part, like, he took me out, right? And then the next Doc. day, I, uh, they told me that Doc have the record. Yes, he did. <laughs> with eight steals. But he, I think he did it in 20 plus minutes, 28 minutes or 24 minutes. I don't know exactly. Maybe Eight, you have the number. 18 minutes. In 18. Wow. 18 minutes. And you did it in 15 minutes. I did 15. So I have a chance to broke that one. Yeah. He took me out. And, and he was <laughs> he, he laughed the next day. No, I didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. <laughs> I said, yeah, you did it on purpose. You took me out. You don't want me to broke your record. Do you believe it? But he was he wasn't 38. He was See, younger. Okay. Yes. Yes. He, he was, was younger. much younger. But that's who you pat you beat Doc Rivers' record of most yeah. or fewest minutes to get yeah. the eight steals. Uh, he did it in 1991 in 18 minutes. But yes. So 1991. How old he was? 
Well, no, I don't have that number. But we'll, <laughs> Probably we'll younger. in the post-game research. Probably younger, uh, yeah. right? Well, the, but do you think he took you out intentionally? He didn't know. No, he, there's I don't no way think he so. would know. I don't think so. No, he wouldn't put that together in the I don't think the game. so. Well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so that season with the Clippers would end up being your final season in the NBA. Fourth and final. You officially retired in January 2017 at age 39. And I found a statement from your retirement. You had written or said, I never dreamed of the day when I would have to announce that I'm leaving basketball. I don't know the best way to do it. Perhaps those who retire by winning a championship leave happy. Perhaps I never imagined it because it would be such a sad moment. Yeah. Was it that hard to officially retire from playing? It was really hard. It was really hard. Um, and actually, that was something that we've been, uh, in that time, we was talking with Manu, Luis, like, you know, how are we going to get there? How we we will end up, you know, uh, retiring? Like, and, yep. and like, we have, we all have like different thoughts. Like we, like we, we really knew to, to be honest, how it's going to, it's going to happen on my case. It happened having a practice because that was my last year in the NBA. Then I went back to Europe for a couple of weeks, uh, in the next, that, that next season. And actually when I signed with that team, the next day I signed, I practice, and after the practice, I say, what I did? Like, I'm done. I, I just, so I talked to the you president know? and say, like, no, 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 I don't want to do this. I'm out. I'm, I'm done. And he convinced me to stay for, you know, a couple of weeks. And, but every day it was worse. Like, going to practice, like, I don't have the motivation. I don't have nothing. Mm. So um, um, I remember in, I was my last practice. And like 30 minutes to go in the practice, I say, this is my last practice. So the, those, those last 30 minutes, I just navigate the practice, thinking I will go in the shower, I will take a shower, I will put all my stuff in the bag, I'm out and I will never come back. And that's what really? I did. That's what I did. I, I took a shower, I grabbed everything, I put it in the bag, I get out. Uh, and that night I have a dinner with friends. So during that dinner, I uh, announced by... Twitter mm-hmm. that I'm done and I and announced and I turned the phone off you know and I started enjoying probably the, smart yeah I because nobody knew the president the nobody oh, your knew team even didn't. nobody knew that I will do it so I just announced turn the phone mm-hmm. off start enjoying the dinner until one of the guys in the dinner saw the Twitter and say what is that that's that is what it is mm-hmm. I'm done because uh, you knew, like yeah. physically, mentally, Physic- mentally, you, more mentally. Okay. It was more mentally. Like I, I'm done. Like you know, and yeah. And then when I turned the phone on, like it was uh, probably a hundred <laughs> calls and like texts. So, and I said, no, I just I, I I want nobody to convince me to continue. I'm done. When you know, you yeah, know. yeah. Well, it's a good thing you have hobbies and interests outside of basketball, and you have a lot of those. You also have another career path, which is coaching. Did you know then that after your playing career, coaching would be next? Yeah, definitely. You knew? Yeah, definitely. Especially the last three, four years, like I felt like I will try it. I didn't know exactly how or where, like, but uh, I knew that was the next step. Like I I love the game so much uh, when I realized that, you know, I can't play anymore at the level that I, I really wanted. Um, I say, okay, I need a break now, but 
I will, I will be back on the court, like coaching, like, you know, I, I, I love to be on the court. I just need the adrenaline, like, to, mm -hmm. you know, compete. And that's the closest I can get. Well, you started with the Brooklyn Nets, assistant coach, in 2018. Next year, you joined the Timberwolves staff. And with the Wolves, uh, you work player development. You also work with the offense, like installing offense and coming up with offensive ideas, offensive coordinator role. Are you the guy that's always got a piece of paper or a napkin and you're drawing out potential plays and, oh, would this work? Yeah. Like got these offensive <laughs> ideas all the time? Yeah, all the time. All the time I have that that paper and I'm doing it in games, in practice. Uh, uh, when I'm watching at home games, I see something that I like. I quickly, you know, write it down and yep. the next day I show it to Finchie and yeah, yeah, um, I, I all the time. But... But not only offense, you know, I think uh, this is something that, you know, Finchie uh, gave me some scout to do last year. And, and I think that was a great idea, not only focus on offense, I also do some scout and sure. focus on the defense, yeah. you know, just, you know, grow my mind a little bit in the, in the, you know, the whole picture, not only one side of the game, which uh, I think that help, helps me a lot to grow as a coach, you know. You are an assistant coach with the Timberwolves, you are the head coach of the Argentina men's national team, a team you also played for, and a team that won the FIBA America Cup this past September. Yeah. Congratulations, Thank you. coach. Thank you. I know that was a big deal. That team went 6-0 and in the tourney, beat uh, Brazil in the championship, the third championship ever for Argentina, ever, and yeah. the first in 11 years. Yeah. How special was that tournament and that championship to you, the head coach? Well, first, I have to say that it's an honor for me to coach the national team, to coach, you know, my country, um, a national team that I played for many years. And, uh, you know, I was helping as assistant coach uh, the last few years. Uh, something happened with the head coach uh, right before the tournament, so I had, they, you know, they offered me to, to take the job. Mm -hmm. I quickly called uh, Coach Finch and, and team, and, and they were super supportive, like, hey, you got to take it. We, you know, we got you. We, we got your back. Do it. That's going to help you to, you know, keep growing as a coach. So I took it, and then we went to the America Cup. And like you say, it was an, uh, it was a great tournament. Uh, mm -hmm. I was I was in the whole preparation, so I knew uh, I installed part of the offense, like you say before, to the team. So I felt super confident that the guys, you know, were ready to compete and and to do it well. Uh, of course, I didn't imagine that we're gonna, you know, go six and all and win the championship. Uh, I I I think I take that tournament like just one one game uh, one game at a time and. And uh, credit to the guys, they, they, you know, they got a good training camp and they, they were hungry. Like you say, mm -hmm. it's not easy. It's just the third, third time Argentina won that in 20 plus years. Um, actually, we talk about that with the guys, you know, that how, how special it is to, to get it. Actually, the last one, it was 2011 and I was yeah. part of the team. I won it as a player and now I won it as a coach. I think I was the only player coach that, uh, did it That's so awesome. it's a That's super awesome. special uh really enjoy it and looking forward to to have more more to come congratulations thank That's you really cool appreciate away it. from the basketball court as a kid growing up in argentina i had read that you helped your dad restore an old car and that's where your love started for old cars collecting fixing up restoring whatever still a love of yours today yes definitely yeah. still i have i have some here in Minneapolis, uh, I have some in Spain, some in Argentina. 
like you say, I helped my dad early on, so I, I always love. Like if if you put me in front like a brand new Ferrari or these super cars and an old car from 1960, I will always take the old You'll one. You'll take the old one? All, all the time, I'll take the old one. Um, and yeah, this is one of my my you know hobbies mm -hmm. that i yeah. that i'd like to enjoy especially off off season did your wife once give you a 1953 chevy pickup yeah. as a christmas gift christmas gift yeah she <laughs> to did. restore like an old it was it was original it was old so like i used it for a couple of years and then i i restore and actually i have mm -hmm. it here i I, oh, really? I i have it here in uh in minneapolis now how does that get presented as a christmas gift you walk outside and you got the big bow on the car yeah, she tried to uh, make me think it was another gift, and then you know, and then um, one of the neighbors, you know, just drive in with a car. Oh boy! And then uh, yeah, she knew that I liked that one. I was looking on on the market to buy, and so she, but I wasn't totally like you know buying to do it, and and then she did it for me. So oh, that's really cool. That was, that's that a was, very unique Christmas gift. That was fun. I fun. had read that you once had a dream car, maybe you still do. At one time, it was the yellow Ford Mustang from the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, starring Nicolas Cage. And the car's name was the Eleanor. Eleanor. Is this still your dream car? The Yeah, I really love that one. Um, uh, I have a Mustang. It's not mm -hmm. that, that model, that Eleanor but from the movie, but I have a convertible Mustang 65. I think the, the, that one is 67, uh, the one in the movie. But yeah, I love Ford Mustang. I'm a huge fan of Ford. And, uh, but I also have Chevrolet, but I like sure. both. I like both. But like Eleanor is, Eleanor is, oh, is yeah. an iconic. Yeah, muscle, yeah, yeah. yeah. Muscle car. Muscle car like, yep. I love it. That, those cars got real beat up in that movie. Yes. And I think yeah. they, there were some originals and there were some stunt cars. Yeah. And so there was a company that were building for you if you wanted exactly the oh, same, really? you know, they build them for you. So don't look at me for a Christmas gift. This year. <laughs> it, it, it ain't happening. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, do you also like to collect old items for your house? Like, do you have an old typewriter? A barber chair yeah. or a barber seat from the 1940s, old refrigerators, ancient things from your bar? or for your bar, like this is also all part of it? Yeah, all part of it. Okay. That's some of the antiques that I like, like not all, but um, actually I have a Jeep like Willys from, you know, from the World War Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that I cut in L and that's my bar. So you can see the whole side of the Jeep and the front, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top is, is a bar. And this is in your house? This is my and house. And it was an actual Jeep? Yeah, it was an actual Jeep. I cut in the middle. Yep. You did I, this? With some I, help? No, I, where, where I bought that um, body, you know, mm -hmm. the, the yep. body, mm -hmm. I asked, asked them to cut it. And then I, I kind of put it together. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. You also have your pilot's license. Yeah. I think you got that when you were playing. I in got LA my, in LA with the Clippers, okay. yeah, my last year. I got the... the pilot license and I have a, a plane. Okay, you have a plane, you you store it in a hangar, yeah. I think in Minneapolis, so yeah. you, a couple of your cars must be in there as yes. well. How often do you get up and actually fly an airplane? Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. I'll try to fly as much as I can because that's something that you have to you do. You have to keep you know, the You have to do up. it. Yeah. So sometime, you know, when we have a crazy schedule, like I can't, or 
the weather, you know. Now I have to figure it out in between the schedule and good weather because I only fly when it's a good good weather. Yes. You know, I don't want to get on, you know, and be bumpy. Yes. So, um, yeah, like a uh, few days ago was a really good day and I, I, I went up in the air. Like, uh, I love it. I love it. I, in the, you know, off season, I fly much more. I travel. I really like to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, some camping set up in the back. So in the summertime, I like to travel. I went to Miami with doing, you know, a couple stops. And I have to spend the night. I just camp. I camp right there by the plane, you know, and then I keep going the next morning. Are you roughing it like sleeping bag outside? Yeah. Yeah. Or a tent? Tent. And then you're making beans on the old fire or something? Yeah. You know, all these these, uh, small airports across the country, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. have a pilot lounge. So you can all, you know, you have so bathroom, you, shower you have shower, yeah. like, yeah. And then, but I, I want to sleep in the tent under, under the wind, you know? Because? I don't know. I just feel like I sleep out, you know, do a little camping that I like and just move the plane in the grass, you know? Mm-hmm. Tie it and up. And tie it up and just, you know, put, set up my tent under the wind. Under the wind? Under the wind of the plane. Of the airplane. Yeah. My airplane, yeah. And, and just spend just the night there, just... Wow. Yeah. Until sunrise, sunrise put, put together, yeah. go flying. And you're up and flying to the next yeah. campground. Exactly. <laughs> wow. What What is your plane? Is it like a propeller a, plane, like a two-seater? It's a Cessna 182. Okay. It's four seats. Four seats. Yeah. Actually, I like that one because it's one of the safest and uh, I have a lot of room. You know, I'm I'm not a super tall, but I'm a big, big guy. And some of these small planes, you are super tight. Sure. The 182 have a lot of room. So okay. I love it. I like the 183, but yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. So um, you're keeping up on the flying and this passion. I would assume you could you could fly as long as you are healthy, healthy. enough and yeah. can, your vision and is vision, good. And like, yeah, 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 you just. Yeah, actually, my dad was a pilot. Oh, he know, was? A private uh, pilot like me. And my brother is a, a private pilot. Okay. Same. So, actually, I'm, my inspiration was my brother. Like he was, you know, took the license like seven, eight years before me. And he was always dying like, you got to get it. You got to get it. You got to get it. But I was playing. I couldn't find the time. And then that year with the Clippers was a good year. We never practiced with Doc. We're old, <laughs> you know, so we have plenty of time. Too old to practice, plenty of time in to In good fly. weather in L.A. Good yeah, weather right. To go Sunny and 75 practice. every day. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So you talked a little bit about your family. Your wife's name is Raquel. Yeah. And you have two kids. Yeah. What are your kids' age? 17 and 13. 17? My daughter's 17, mm-hmm. my son, 13. And I had heard, your, is it your son that's getting up sometimes in the middle of the night to watch some of these World Cup matches? Yes, yes. yes. Actually, we play Friday, and he wanted me to pull him out of the school because we play at one. So, Meaning Argentina? Yeah, Argentina. So I have to take him out of school. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, interesting. But he's a he's a soccer fan. I would imagine a basketball and fan basketball gym, as well. Yeah. He yeah. playing for Waisara. He playing basketball there in Waisara. Mm-hmm. So. And your daughter? Does she play? No, no sport, no sport for her. She okay. going to college next year. Okay, she's she's the older one. She's yeah. seventeen. Your um, you are still in great shape. I've seen you run up and down the court with these twenty two year old guys. What is your regular workout routine? What is your eating routine like? How do you stay in this kind of shape? Well, I, I like right before I came to the NBA as a player in 2011, I moved into a, doing a paleo diet, paleo, paleo, paleo diet. diet. Mm-hmm. 
um, that really changed because, you know, I have a lot of energy after that. And so, you know, try to eat super healthy. And that's, I still doing it now. You know, that help, helps me in the last part of my career, but also I get used to, so now I keep doing the same. That's one thing. I'm trying to sleep well. That's the other thing, you know, try to sleep really well. Mm -hmm. And especially in summertime, I run a lot outside, you know, and mm -hmm. then in season, I like to play with the guys. So I try to play at least twice a week. And then after that, I just, you know, work on my core, on my balance. Uh, so I think, the, you know, the, that combo in between eating well, sleeping and mm. putting the work you yeah. know as much as i can and playing with these guys um you know that keep me in uh, good shape and i really enjoy you still hold your own out there uh, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you've seen you get those looks like dang this guy's looking in his 40s and he's, <laughs> he's still playing like that uh, sometimes i uh, sometimes i get i'm not the mvp of the of the stay in shape game but I fight for it. You fight for it. You're in the mix. <laughs> I'm in you the mix. You may not always win it, but I'm you're in the, the mix. mix. You're Sometimes. a nominee. Sometimes. Well, we're going to end this with some random questions to, to get to know you a little bit better. Five random questions. What is your favorite American food? It's probably paleo. Oof. Mm. American food. Yes. I would say the ribs. You know, ribs. ribs. Yeah, ribs. You make them yourself yeah. or in a restaurant? Yeah. No, I mean, if it's in the restaurant, if not, we make it at you home. Make your own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in Argentina, we do a lot of barbecue. So um, um, we don't do exactly ribs, but that's kind of but what the, I like. Yeah, the American version would be. The your, version, yeah. yeah. Good really barbecue, good. Yeah. messy. Good barbecue. Yeah. Exactly, Falling yeah. off the bone, yes. kind of. Yes. yes. Do you have a least favorite food? I mean, all the spicy stuff. Like, you know, all the Mexican spicy things, that's nothing spicy for me, yeah. you know? So, and the other thing I would say is uh, the sushi, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. The, everything, all the sushi with uncooked fish, I'm out. You're out. Yeah. Is it the texture or the no, idea? Yeah, I can. I love fish, but I have to be cooked. Cook. So if it's salmon, it's cooked good. If it's raw. Exactly, yeah. You're out. I'm out. Okay. Do you have any superstitions? No, not really. Did you when you played? No, okay. never. never. Maybe you... more routine. You know, I have a routine, yes. like I'm trying to do, but not, uh, nothing, nothing special. Okay. Are you more of a morning person or a night owl? Morning. Get up and go. Yeah, yeah. I, in, you know, at night I'd rather just be home with the family, just watch movies, just relax. Okay. How do you like your eggs? Over easy. Over easy? Over easy. I was runny. Boom, boom, over easy with some bacon and avocado, sweet potatoes. Oh, so we're not just doing eggs, we're doing the whole yes, plate. Yes, that's a plate. That's the a whole plate. And that's paleo. That's paleo. And that exactly. helps yeah. keep you healthy, keeps you in yeah. shape. And That's my breakfast. They laugh, they laugh on, on the kitchen because it's, I order every day the same. Same thing every yeah, time. every day. You like what you like. Yeah. Well, Pablo, uh, you're a very interesting human being. Congratulations on your success. Best of luck. We love having you here. Thank you so much. Thank really you. Really enjoy.